It's time for JT the Brick. I am JT the Brick, focused black hole, getting in there, ready to rock. I got my A game. I've been there with the Raider Nation in the black hole. I've been in this rivalry. I've seen it in my 24 years here. It's a do or die game. Can't let them win in Vegas. Protect the house. Protect the Legion Stadium. Be ready to go. No half-ass effort. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some expert on CNN or Fox News teaching you about fandom. I just told you. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll right now, so let me go. Hey, JT. Yes. I love you, and I love your show. Thank you. That's what the Raiders are based on. Al Davis, the history of the Raiders. They were always banged up. They were always taped up. They had blood coming through their helmets, and they played. The 11 angry men. I'm not encouraging injuries. I'm encouraging violence. So that's where we are, Raider Nation. Simply put, man up and play football and win a game. And now. That's a hell of a motivational speech. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, hour number two of the show, we'll talk to Vegas Nighthawks head coach coming up here. Mike Davis will join us, and we decided today that we wanted to do a nice job for Foster Moreau, who was diagnosed with uh, cancer yesterday. We found out about the news yesterday as he was going through a routine physical in New Orleans, and we'd like to have some kind words for him today because that's what we'd like to do here on the show. A final hour of the show coming up here. He's a member of our Raider family even though the Raiders have moved on and went in a different direction at that position. I think it's an important time to do that here. That's what we do. If you've listened to me, whenever someone's in need, whenever we can do anything to lift someone's spirit, and times we go hard and we go against teams and opponents and we want to beat everybody, but this is much bigger than football. And I'd like your opinion on Foster Moreau and the impact that this news had on you. It had a big impact on the Raiders and everyone around the NFL, from Max Crosby to Derek Carr, who's now in New Orleans, to players all over the league who are all tweeting directly at Foster Moreau. So it's important today to do that, even though it's a big weekend to get distracted out here in Vegas because we have our first regional. And with Sweet 16 coming up at T-Mobile tonight, the heavyweight fight will be Gonzaga and UCLA coming up. That's a huge game. That'll be the most watched game, I think, in this regional let alone in the Sweet 16, knocking it down to the Elite Eight. I mean, UCLA feels like a Final Four team, and Gonzaga has been. And Gonzaga's been a favorite the last couple of years. So something's got to go here. I'm going to go UCLA in a tight game by a late bucket to hold on and win. I could see Drew Timmy trying to make a, make a shot late in the game, in and out, and UCLA wins. So we'll see what happens here. So we're waiting. Bobby says we're waiting on the coach. That opens up a line for you. The coach will join us here in about 10 minutes, 702-365-9200. As I opened up the show also, I told you there's no news on Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. And more and more people are now starting to stir the pot on exactly what's going on with Lamar Jackson. Why isn't there an offer? Well, the owners' meeting's coming up next week. And I think when the other owners see Jimmy Haslam, they're going to remind him that they gave him $240 million, Deshaun Watson, and that reset the market, and it's an out-of-control market. So I think the market is resetting for guaranteed money. The problem for Lamar Jackson, as I stated yesterday, is that there's going to be two quarterbacks that make more than him, even though he has an MVP. That would be Justin Herbert, who's a great player with the Chargers. He's not good, he's great. And Patrick Mahomes' next deal is going to be over $300 million. So how could you – I'm talking over $300 million. So how can you go up to someone like Lamar Jackson and say, you know, you want an MVP, you're in the playoffs a lot, your franchise wins all the time, we want to give you $135 million. People are talking collusion. They're calling him out now because he doesn't have an agent. 
uses his mom to help him out. Whatever it's going to be. I tell you, this guy deserves an offer. Someone should jump in right now and figure it out. The problem is most teams don't have that guaranteed money to put into escrow. A lot of teams don't have $180 million to guarantee in cash. I remember being up in Napa when Khalil Mack and that deal fell apart. Khalil Mack wanted $90 million, $60 million guaranteed. And I remember John Gruden couldn't pull the trigger on that money. He's a hell of a player, one of my favorites, all-time Raider favorites was Khalil Mack, but at the time it was a little bit too rich to guarantee $60 million. Well, quarterbacks, you got to have a lot more than that. You have to have a lot more than that as we get going. All right, so here we go. We're excited about what's coming up here. We got another opener in town. I mean, everything is happening in this town this weekend, as we told you. And when you look at what's happening here, I'm excited to talk to a head coach who's fired up, ready to roll, And I'll tell you another quick thing before I bring him up here for a second. The opportunity to support another team in this town, when you have the opportunity to do it, you go support this gentleman, the GM and the head coach, Mike Davis, as we get going. Coach, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. We love the owner. We love the new building, and we're pulling for you. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Tell me about your philosophy now coming into this year with your style of play. I know your Canadian football background. You're a rough and tough team up front, obviously really physical, but how does this offense explode and put up more numbers than last year? Well, I think it starts with uh, we went out and were, was able to sign the, the two-time league MVP in Daquan Neal at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, I don't know exact numbers, but I think last year he counted for almost 70 touchdowns. Um, so that he gives us more of a, a dual threat. He's a great passer, but when he when things break down, he can kind of get out of the pocket and, and just have another guy to have to defend. So that's where we started, and then we had to upgrade our O line, and uh, I think we've done that. We'll find out here on Saturday, but uh, we're excited so far through camp. Hey, coach, I'm interested in this for those who haven't been to an indoor football league game or did years ago, and now want to see the excitement of your team under Bill Foley. The ability of a quarterback to run, we always see on highlights they're throwing they're throwing deep, they can get the ball into the end zone on any play, but how important is a mobile running quarterback to your offense? Well, you know, the, the indoor football league is unlike any of the, the arena leagues that's been in, in Vegas before. It's, uh, we use a true running back. So the, to be able to game plan offensively and, and use a true running back where it's not 80%, 90% passing, just adds another element. So that brings in the zone read schemes into it, the RPO system that's so big right now in the, in the world. And um, it just it makes it tougher on defenses. Head coach Mike Davis joins us as we're talking the Indoor Football League tick- kicking off here in a big game for the Vegas Nighthawks as they get ready for the Iowa Barnstormers. Coach, I love the excitement overall on defense, too. A lot of uh, my sons, I have two kids in college, and they've been to this sport a number of times, and they love the speed, and they love the ability of the blitz packages and what you can do on the back end of your defense. Tell us your philosophy with your defensive coordinator on what you want to do on defense, especially against a high-flying team coming up. You know, for us, it's uh, being fundamentally sound. Obviously, I think we got some guys in the back end that can play the end and um, some some guys up front that they can get after the quarterback. So, uh, if you can if you can get after the quarterback, my philosophy is if you can get after the quarterback, you should be able to cover for a couple seconds. And um, again, it, it Iowa brings a tough task in task in here uh, this weekend, and and with with a good quarterback and a good football team, and, and you know. They have a, a underrated running back, I'll say, in Wimbush. And um, last year they were a, a 
on the cusp of kind of breaking in big in the playoffs. They just ran into a buzzsaw in uh, Quad City in Frisco. and um, So it'll give us a good test to see where we're at. Head coach Mike Davis, kind enough to join us from the Vegas Nighthawks. They kick off. Tickets are available. Go to the website here, nighthawksfootball.com. We'll tell you how to get tickets. They're also one of our flagship properties here at Lotus Broadcasting. Coach, what are the challenges like when you're building a roster as a GM and a head coach and the business side of this? Because I've interviewed Mr. Foley several times, and a lot of times he just wants to win, and he gives you a budget and the ability to do what you want to do. What's that relationship like for you? For me, it's great. You know, um, Bill's been unbelievable, you know, when from day one when he kind of reached out to to see if I was interested in coming to Vegas. And for us, you know, my time in the CFL and, and NFL contacts, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because we, we were, were able to recruit great kids, but great kids have also gotten an opportunity to to go on and, and further their career, whether it's the XFL or NFL or USFL. So um, it, it's kind of a tricky situation this year and year two like year one we wanted to lay the foundation which i think we did and year two is kind of build off of it and um it's time to take a next step but for us to do that guys have to come in and, and, and play and, and play well with the team goal in mind and then try to get out after the season mike davis joins us head coach as we're talking about a really good product here in town at a beautiful venue the dollar loan center vegas nighthawks football Hey, Coach, what's the home field advantage like for you? Because I'm looking at your schedule. If I got this right, your first five, four out of five games are at home. You've got to win these home games and get off to a quick start with this record before you have a backloaded schedule on the road. Yeah, you know, I've told the guys throughout camp, you know, if the, the keys to the playoffs is win all your home games and at least half the road games. And if you can do that, you're guaranteed yourself a playoff spot. And for us, our home field advantage is, uh, you know, our, our fans and when this place is rocking – you know, I just heard there's they've already sold over 5,100 tickets for the game Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's probably seven, seven, eight hundred tickets left. Um, so it should be rocking in here. And um, when it's when it's packed, it's it's loud. Um, there's no other stadium in the, in the I've ever played in that's like it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that that big enough to, to get six thousand people in, but it's intimate enough to be just like like a rock concert. And um, you know, for us, the, the louder the better. And and it definitely helps us defensively, for sure. Hey, Coach, I'm sure you're aware you want to fill your place, and it sounds like it's almost full and will help with the remaining tickets here, but you know what's going on in town with the Sweet 16. There's a fight. There's Taylor Swift. There's your game. You know Rod Woodson, great friend of ours, the legendary Hall of Famer with the XFL. When you drive yeah. around Vegas and you see what's going on here from your background and your roots in football, how impressive are you with this town? You know, everybody said Vegas was a sports town, but – um, they've really put the stresses to it to see what he could hold. And, I mean, it's it's holding up with the best of the best, in my opinion. I mean, where else can you go and have six, seven different, you know, events going on in the same city on the same night, and most of them are sold out, if not all of them. Coach, finally, we're talking to head coach Mike Davis, also the GM as we continue to talk about this great game coming up here as they kick off the season at the Dowell Loan Center. Coach, what are your big goals in life? you got a good team now. You've had a great track record as a coach, a player before in college. Uh, where are you personally in your life as a coach? Where could you learn more from? What are your long-term goals? Because I know you're doing great with the short-term goals here in Vegas. Yeah, you know, I mean, for me, uh, I'm happy here. You know, my, personally, you know, I have a great wife. We're, uh, we're expecting our first child here in April. So that's exciting for us. Um, and then, 
you know, football wise, I'm not, you know, everybody's dream is to get to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really happy with where I'm at in my life. You know, awesome. I work for a great ownership group and, and Bill Foley and, you know, I have a great organization behind me and, um, I'm content. Like I don't, ha- I'm not one of those guys that goes out and says, Oh, I want to be here in 10 years. Uh, you know, in the football world, you just kind of line up every play and see where, see where life takes you. And, um, but my plan is to be here for, uh, for a long time. Nicely said coach, whatever we can do to support you here at Lotus broadcasting. We're excited about the season in front of us for the Vegas Nighthawks. Whatever I can do, getting your players on the show. I hope I can help. And my wife and I will come out to a game here in a couple of weeks. Look forward to meeting you. Likewise. Let me know when you're coming out. You got it, Coach. Thanks a lot. Appreciate him checking in here. Uh, Mike's got a good reputation in football. I talked to my Canadian buddies who are listening, actually tuning into this interview because they're friends with him up there. He had a nice career as a player, as a coach, especially what he did up in Canada. So we welcome Coach Mike Davis here back for another year, the Nighthawks, and uh, hopefully you go out and get some tickets. Hopefully you get some tickets here because I haven't been to a game yet, but the Dollar Loan Center is unbelievable. I was there for the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, walked around that concourse and said, man, I mean, you could eat off the floor. It's brand new. It's unbelievable. Mr. Foley, what Bill Foley's doing now with the Premier League soccer team, a hockey team that's in first place in the West and with an indoor football team, Really impressive. Anything that Mr. Foley does in this town, like getting behind it. He's a really good guy, and he deserves everybody's support. 702-365-9200. John and Henderson, not too far from the Dollar Loan Center. How are you, John? I'm doing great, JT. Uh, hopefully you too. Uh, just wanted to make a, a couple quick comments about mm-hmm. Foster. Um, yep. The survival rate is an excellent situation for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma has a survival rate of in five years of 89%. And given his age and, and general condition, it should be much better. So things should be great. And, and you know, the other thing it, it, it says, you know, a number of us were disappointed with him leaving Las Vegas. But, you know, by that happening, he get there's a physical and they caught this thing early. So it just goes to show, that, you know, sometimes things happen for a reason. You know, I'm really happy you shared that phone call with us, my friend, because the survival rate, the fact that they caught it early, and if they didn't catch it for whatever reason and he wasn't taking a new physical and this cancer went farther down the tracks here, it could have been much more serious here. I agree with you. I think this is a blessing in disguise. I say that all the time when people out of nowhere find out they have an illness and they catch it early and they can get to work on it, especially a really big and tough and strong football player. So I I appreciate what you're saying. I encourage other people to call in and say the same thing. He's going to kick ass with this, and then he'll take his life to the next level, and then football will be a priority again. Now kicking cancer's ass is his priority, and we're all behind him. Absolutely. Can I just make one comment quickly about the Oakland Athletics? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yesterday in the Review Journal, Sam Gordon had a column saying they should stay in Oakland. I sent a letter to him. You know, disagreeing with this position, I won't go into detail, but uh, I think uh, I think we should get. You know, the odds of us getting an expansion baseball team are very slim. Uh, it, it, it'll cost two billion dollars, and I think our best bet is to get the A's. And and you know, there's some issues with that team, but I think in Las Vegas it can be improved. And I I was really uh, surprised to see Sam take that position, but uh, anyway, yeah. that, that's my two cents. Yeah, I, again, I talked to a couple of people about that this morning. A matter of fact, and. Look, the Oakland A's, thanks for the call. The Oakland A's and what happened with Libby Shaft and what happened with that team up in Oakland, side-by-side side with the Raiders, it was just a disaster. Oakland is the worst political sports city 
in America, and I'm from New York, and I lived in San Diego. I lived in L.A. for 10 years. I live in Vegas. Oakland is at the bottom of the barrel, one of the best places to live, beautiful community in and around the East Bay. I love it. Spent a lot of my years up there. But no one cares about sports the way we care about it in Vegas. No one cares about arenas, stadiums. The Warriors went to the other side of the bay. That was complex, too. But the A's have screwed this up. They've screwed it up tremendously. So I'll probably mellow with this at some point in time because you can hear in my voice I'm so pro-Vegas. I love everything about the Sweet 16, college football, basketball, NASCAR. You know I go to all these events. We just had the head coach of the Nighthawks on. I would love baseball to be here. I just wish it wasn't the A's because not because I'm a Yankee fan. I just saw the way that the A's treated the Raiders and what happened there with the 10 year deal behind the Raiders back. And I'm all Raiders work for the team and work for the flagship. So if the A's come here and everything mellows out and everything's different and you know, someone whispers in my ear, it's not what you think JT I'll be open to listening, but this is the least interesting thing in my life. I'm into the Golden Knights winning a Stanley Cup and having a parade. Mark Davis already won a championship with the Aces. They're loaded, absolutely loaded. I want to see a NASCAR playoff race. And most importantly, I want to see the Raiders go back to the playoffs where they've already been to the playoffs since they've come to Las Vegas. And as they fix this roster up and get back there again. So would I love to go to a baseball game on a Tuesday night with 30,000 fans? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not an A's fan. I could give a crap with them about today. But they're not going to win me over. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. They're not going to win me over. I got two young sons who are moving back here after college. They're going to want to take their buddies and go to a baseball game. They probably won't be going with me in the short term. 702-365-9200 as we continue on. Uh, More on Foster Moreau when we come back. I got the news. I read the story on TMZ. Uh, No need to get down and depressed on this. It's more of a different show. Let's lift up Foster Moreau and his family here. Because people listen on this Raiders mobile app all the way in New Orleans, all the way in the bayou, and a lot of his former teammates listen to him too. So when we come back, I'll reset with Foster Moreau. want to do that each hour. We'll take your phone calls, and we'll hope everybody's going to the game tonight. Or where are you watching the game? Where are you going? How about Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas? Great restaurants. Pool's a little bit cold right now, but you can go outside, walk around the property, and then come inside to the new sports book. All the restaurants, I've been told today, Every restaurant will have the Sweet 16 on. So go check it out at the Shag Room over at Virgin Hotels right here in Vegas. Takes the snap. Back to pass. Looking right. Pressure. Lofts. Far corner of the end zone. Open receiver. Touchdown, Foster Morrow. Touchdown, Raiders. Back right corner of the end zone. He ran under it to grab it from six yards out. And now the Raiders with a chance to tie the game here in Seattle. Welcome back, everybody, on Raider Nation Radio. What an historic day today with the Sweet 16 here as we continue talking about sports and this iconic day, epic day today. Uh, Any adjective you want to use, any exclamation point you want to put behind anything we say, today's the day to do it. What a great day in Vegas with the Sweet 16. We got some good weather that will hopefully help us out along the way. We're brought to you by Resorts World. 
If you're looking to watch the game tonight and you don't have a spot to go watch the game, go to Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World. I was with the president of Resorts World this morning, walking the property with Scott Sabella, and he is thrilled. He's a big sports fan, and he's very proud of that sports book and what they're doing in Doghouse. You can go there with your buddies, get a table, any size table you want there. You can bet right there, and you can watch the games. I'm telling you, I got back, obviously, before the show here an hour or so ago, and the place is pumping. Resorts World looks amazing. Thanks again to Scott Sabella and the entire team there. As I mentioned at the opening of the show, I want to mention this hour again, Foster Moreau, who has cancer, as he revealed that yesterday, diagnosed following a routine physical with the Saints team doctors. And it's devastating news, but he'll fight and win this. He'll fight and win this. I have a background from being a chemo partner. He's young. The 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 journey he's going to go on, he is going to win. This is treatable. I hope and pray that Foster Moreau, who was a great Raider, could be a Raider again later on in his career. You never know. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Everybody's praying for him around the around the country, around the Raider Nation. It's great to see so many positive vibes going to Foster Moreau. Raiders put out a nice tweet. A lot of players have jumped on board with that for the right reason. And fortunately, fortunately, the Saints medical staff was able to find this and diagnose it so he can get ahead of this. He has Hodgkin's lymphoma, a type of cancer that attacks the body's immune system. And he calls it life-changing. I'm reading this. TMZ put this out. This was on all the cable news outlets today. It was on the morning shows. Everybody's talking about this. And he said he would now step away from the game to fight the disease, and I'm very encouraged. And I hope and pray spiritually that he fights through this quickly and gets a clear, clean bill of health. And we could all hope for that. He said he vowed to beat it, writing in a statement, I'll go kick this thing's ass and get back to doing what I love. And that's what he should be thinking at this time. There's a lot of other individuals who can't fight as hard as Foster Moreau. And there's no doubt in my mind he's going to win. Uh, The news, obviously, is just terrible news. The former fourth-round pick in the 2019 NFL Draft just played out his entire rookie contract, and it looked like he was in line as we speak for New Orleans, and I hope that's a good fit for him with Derek Carr. He's upbeat on his social media, telling all of his fans he has a huge support group, and that'll help him on the road to recovery. So everybody, I don't know what you want to do here, and it's not my place to tell you what to do. But being around the Raider organization this long and knowing that once a Raider, always a Raider means something. And you saw Max Crosby and all the current players and former Raiders jump on social media to say encouraging things. I think everybody else should do that. You know, I've been talking about this with you for a while. Social media typically is such a sewer. It's so negative. You can't even put up something like this without people talking about your contract. I I tried to look at a couple of the responses and – My head was going to pop where people are talking about insurance and this and that. It's none of your business. Just say something nice to this guy or don't say nothing at all. He's one of us. He's a member of the Raider Nation. He's family, and we want him to recover quickly from this. So for Foster Moreau and everybody in his family, he is a great guy, and he will fight this, and he will win. He is young. He's vibrant. This is treatable and positive prayers, positive thoughts today from what I saw And from what I'm hearing and from talking to people in the Raider organization, they are 100% behind him. Spiritually, they want this to work out, obviously, in Foster Moreau's family, 
who played a big role here in Vegas. They were at games. They were here a lot. His connection in New Orleans with LSU. Hopefully everything goes quickly, fast, and he can beat this and get back to playing football again. There is no doubt in my mind that Foster Moreau will be playing football hopefully very soon here, and he will dominate, and his best years are in front of him. Baseball's a business. It's a really big business, and players come and go, but this guy's a big part of the Raider Nation and the Raider family. And, you know, I saw Adam Schefter put it out, and, you know, yesterday was an interesting day. There was a time I had a break in my day, and I looked up, and I got a text from one of my good friends who said, I can't believe about Foster Moreau. And I said, what? And as soon as I texted what to my buddy, as it was bubbling up to come back to me, I went to Twitter, and it was all over Twitter. This is how quickly news travels here. But for me, as a chemo partner, and I wrote a book about a fight of cancer with my mentor, and I've been in these chemo sessions and chemo rooms, and I've seen people fight through this and win. And he's going to step away from football to fight this new opponent, cancer. He said, quote, I'm grateful for the support and thankful for the people who have stood firm with me. There hasn't been a single step I've taken without hundreds of people lighting that path before me, and I will continue to seek their guidance. And he should. He should talk to people who know how to fight this battle, uh, get all the information that he can. And as he said, again, I'll keep saying this. That being said, I'll go kick this thing's ass and get back to doing what I love. No doubt about that. He's a spiritual guy. And how about the Saints longtime physician, Dr. John Amos, helped make the diagnosis. He also discovered that the former Philadelphia Eagles long snapper, John Dorenboss, if I got that right, had an aortic aneurysm in 2017. This was the same longtime physician that was part of that diagnosis. And he had a, few, a surgery after that really, really tough medical situation and ended up retiring from the NFL. A Hodgkin's disease, now Hodgkin's lymphoma, is a form of cancer that begins in the white blood cells and affects the lymphatic system, part of the body's immune system. It is less common. It's the less common of the two general types of lymphoma, with the more common category being non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So hopefully because of his youth getting ahead of this, and you got to think about this as a blessing. If he wasn't in a situation where he was going to require a physical with the new team, maybe this goes undiagnosed, and it goes on for a couple other months before they catch this. So he's had a really nice career so far, and he's so young, and he's going to have an epic career when he kicks cancer's ass. He's a New Orleans native, and his years at LSU are really good. And that LSU family is massive, just like the Raider family is massive, and then the entire NFL. So we all know he's a great person off the field. Josh McDaniel said this, Foster is a tremendous person on and off the field, and our immediate thoughts and concerns are with him as he begins this battle with a new opponent. And Dave Ziegler also said that in a statement, quote, we know that the Raiders family, teammates, coaches, staffs, and the entire Raider nation will come together to support Foster and his family through this challenge. And we're confident that he'll get back and doing what he loves most again very soon. So after Foster made the announcement, his former teammates, including Derek Carr, reached out. And Derek said it beautifully. Love you. And we're here for you. Praying for your brother. Carr put that out on Twitter. So I would hope today that everybody who has an opportunity, if you have a strong faith, can say a prayer, uh, tweet out something positive on this. Uh, Don't worry about his status in the NFL. Worry about his status in life. 
and understand things like this happen every day, and there are so many cancer victories, and this will be one of them. No doubt about it. This will be one of them, and we pray that Foster Moreau can fight through this, get through it, come out cancer-free, and then get back to playing football again because he's a really good tight end. And from what I've known, and I've only interviewed him a few times, he's one of the guys I don't know well, but the times that I've met him and interviewed him on this air, what a gentleman, what a high-energy guy, and a great teammate there. So, wow, that was a gut punch yesterday. That was a really big gut punch with all the positive things that are happening in Vegas here. You know, and we've been talking about the Raiders, and they got two new tight ends, and they get a new defensive back today. Who cares? I don't care. I care about Foster Moreau today and have a heavy heart, but I feel pretty confident that he's going to kick ass and he's going to beat this and do great things. All right, a couple other quick things here with the regional in town. We have our Sweet 16. With the games coming up here after the show, the early game is a big one at Madison Square Garden. That'll be Michigan State, Kansas State. That's a 7 and a 3. I like Izzo to win this game. Kansas State is a very good team. Physical, tough team, great perimeter defense. I just, I'm sensing Izzo's going to break this game down like he did in the last game and finish it in the final two or three minutes with the experience he has as a coach and his ability to go out and win this game. Kansas State, I think, is the better team, 25-9, and nine, but Izzo could be peaking at the right time. So that's the early game on TBS at Madison Square Garden. Then right here in Las Vegas, 415 T-Mobile Arena, Arkansas will go up against UConn. I interviewed a lot of people this week on UConn who are strong. They're 27-8, and eight. Arkansas led by Eric Musselman, former Warriors, Nevada head coach. I like Arkansas. I like the upset here. UConn's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I like Arkansas, obviously, to cover, but I think they'll win outright if you like this game on the money line. They got momentum going, too. Uh, they play press. They can play man-to-man. They can jump into zone. This is a hell of a coach. Hurley's a good coach there on the other side, but I think Musselman's better. I'm going to go with the better coaches in these two games. Michigan State and Arkansas, both upsets. Then you got to go back to TBS at 6 o'clock. It'll be Florida Atlantic against Tennessee. I don't see Tennessee losing this game. The way they physically beat up their former opponent. Look, I I watched that last game. And Tennessee was violent early in that game. Early in that game, Tennessee was just nasty and violent. And they wanted to get into a backyard brawl. And what they were able to do against Duke, everybody has a passion and love affair for Duke or you hate them. They blew them out 65-52. They started throwing the Dukies around, basically saying, we're here to win the game. How in God's name is Florida Athletic going to be able to keep up with Tennessee? Tennessee looks like they got two NBA guys out there, and Florida Atlantic is a bunch of kids they brought together on spring break to play a pickup game. Tennessee. Minus five in this game. The number could change here as we get closer to the game. I think Tennessee is going to win this game big and cover. And then the heavyweight fight, 6.45 p.m., CBS, T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, UCLA, Gonzaga, UCLA a point favorite. That could move a bit. It'll probably go out there. Whatever you got the line at, total at 146. I picked UCLA to get to the final four. Zagalicious Gonzaga is a real good team. Mark Few. Mick Cronin, good coaches in this game. I think Drew Timmy has all the experience in the world. Jaime Jaquez, to see Timmy and Jaquez go at it, it's going to be great. This is the fight. It reminds me of a boxing match at a high level in Vegas. You want to call it Hagler-Hearns? 
Do whatever you want to do. Pacquiao, Oscar De La Hoya, Tito Trinidad. This is a heavyweight fight that we get here in Vegas. So everybody who's going to this game, have a great game. Experience it. The sun's out. You should be pre-partying at the beer house or wherever you want. Right outside T-Mobile, taking selfies and photos if you're fortunate enough to go into this game. This one is a big one. 702-365-9200. As I started off, and I'll say it again, prayers to Foster Moreau. Foster Moreau is going to win this battle. I feel it. I hope for him. I pray for him. Once a Raider, always a Raider as we continue kicking off the Sweet 16 right here on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio. My son Josh and I are. Watson up top trying to get it to the high post left for Timmy. Drives in low right. Timmy's shot is good. The lead back to 5, 75-70. Zagalicious. Gonzaga, I, I normally root for Gonzaga. I picked the Buffalo Bills to win the last two Super Bowls. Never again. They didn't. I picked Gonzaga to win a couple of national championships. They didn't. So I'm off of them. I got Houston winning it all. And I got UCLA getting out of this regional. You know, it's kind of funny day today. My wife and I, are, my three nephews are in town. I have two younger sisters. I'm the oldest. I have two younger sisters. And my youngest sister has three sons. And all three of the sons are out here because my oldest nephew CJ, a basketball player, is getting married this summer. So we're all going back to New York for his wedding. So my son's flying in from Norman, Oklahoma tonight. So there's going to be six or seven guys. So I just get a call. Real quick one. I said, just text me. I go, where are you? He goes, we're at this place, Uncle John. He calls me Uncle John. Called Beer House outside T-Mobile. Have you heard it? I go, yeah. I, I go, I have heard it. Enjoy it. He says, it's rocking. The weather's great. I don't think this weather's going to be great for that long. It looks like it's turning a little bit here. Just wish we were 20 degrees warmer, as Tim Wagner told me at 6.30 in the morning on her show on News 3. But we're getting a bad beat with the weather, man. So that's why Vegas is cool. You can be indoors. We got to get good weather for F1, the Super Bowl, and all these other March Madnesses in the future. We got to get the warm weather. Uh, Hopefully it warms up a little bit here over the next couple of weeks. LaFonzo Ellis, what a great career he had at Notre Dame in college. And then with the Nuggets, what a run he had in the NBA playing for several teams. ESPN College game day in basketball. And as Bobby's getting him up here, this was a player that had an impact on my life because he grew up not too far from where my wife grew up. And I remember how great he was in college. And he's kind enough to join us on Raider Nation Radio LaFonzo, let's begin when you look back at your great two tournament appearances. Talk about the pressure that you had on you and the high expectations playing for Notre Dame in the tournament. Yeah, I think what happens is when you go into competition, all that stuff kind of goes to the wayside is you learn to really depend on your brothers who are your teammates. And obviously you are locked in because you don't want to miss out on the possession because that one lost possession could cost you the game and you leave that game feeling like you let your teammates down and so yeah once that ball was tipped you forget all about that and you're trying to win the basketball game and had the privilege of going to two NCAA tournaments as you mentioned uh, we had to got the opportunity to advance one year we beat Vanderbilt and then we had Georgetown but unfortunately <laughs> Charles Smith got hot in the second half I think he went for 30 in that game and and we lost but obviously to be in position to win that game playing against 
two guys who went on to be NBA Hall of Famers on the same team with Alonzo Mourning and my longtime teammate both in Denver for the Nuggets and for the Atlanta Hawks to come Matumbo was pretty uh, impressive feat by our team. Alfonso Ellis is our guest. How proud are you for your son who played for Grand Canyon University, lost to Gonzaga <laughs> in the second round? What's that like as a dad who's played at that highest level and you saw him play throughout his life and help mold him here? But that's next level. What type of nerves was that for you? Oh, it was complete joy. And it was really how it led into it is they were preseason pick number one. And, and our point guard was the preseason player of the year. He goes down uh, at the beginning of the conference season in January. And so it was like clipping, cutting, pasting uh, for the rest of the year. And then we get to the end of the year and we are or the end of the conference season and we're in fifth place. And, you know, the guys could have gotten demoralized, but I thought a significant win on the road at Wyoming really galvanized that group and kind of created an, uh, an inner toughness and, and a tough mindset for them. And so they went into the conference tournament with nothing to lose and played their tails off and won four straight games, including knocking off the number one seed and earned a bid to go to the NCAA tournament. And I've said this to Walter his entire career. I was like, Walt, I just want you to have the opportunity to experience the NCAA tournament one time. It's an experience like none other. You know, it treats you like royalty. You got some of the best media outlets in our country all kind of in your faces and want you uh, wanting to hear what you have to say about your team, about the upcoming opponent. And then to add a layer to it is Walter has an opportunity to play that game in Denver, where I spent the first two years of my NBA career. Yeah. And to watch my son, because of the grace that God had given us and the favor he had given us with our name, uh, being so good in that town, to see all of the media personalities like flock to him, <laughs> right, and, and create. <laughs> and we had the privilege of being the first number eight seed to be the number one seed my second season as a Nugget. And, and of course, they were kind of spinning that, wondering if that would happen again. And to just see him play on the big stage, uh, at what used to be Pepsi Arena, which is now Ball Arena, and uh, even before that, I didn't know this, but uh, he went. He went. We have a family friend who still works at the uh, Nuggets who allowed him to actually go into the uh, Nuggets locker room, and I didn't know this, but they have a picture uh, of me, a pretty nice sized picture of me uh, in the entryway of the Nuggets locker room, right next to the legend Dan Issel and David Thompson, sandwiched between those two, and so he took a picture there, and then of course. The game starts, and many of the local people who were there knew he was my son, and so the ovation that he received, the media attention that he received, I, it was just overwhelming emotionally, and I was so proud as a dad to see him go out and knock down some big shots on, on the uh, on the big stage against one of the best teams in the country in Gonzaga. Obviously, we didn't nice prevail with the win, but the experience created some wonderful memories for my family and me. Yeah, what a proud father you are, Lafonso Ellis, as we wrap it up. So, I just want to get your opinion on the teams that are left. I'm in Vegas. We never thought we'd get a regional, right? We have the Sweet 16 here in Las Vegas. UCLA going up against Gonzaga. This is a tough game here because UCLA is missing one of their best players and Gonzaga with Drew Timmy. I think a little bit of the pressure is off because they were predicted to win a couple of national championships and go to a couple of Final Fours before this. What do you like with the coaching matchup here? Who do you give the edge to in Vegas? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's oof, man, it, it's tough because I love Mick Cronin. Uh, he's done a fabulous job with the Bruins uh, program over the last couple of years. And Mark Pugh has been just excellent in resurrecting that, that and putting that, that university on the map. 
And it's going to be about tempo. Uh, UCLA plays with a little bit slower tempo. They're opportunistic and like to get out and transition. But Gonzaga, of course, you know Drew Timmy's going to get touch after touch on the interior. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they play him. And because when you have a dominant guy that you can throw it to inside that demands and commands a double team, it opens up some perimeter opportunities. I give even as good as UCLA's defense is, I give Gonzaga a slight edge on the offensive end. Wrapping up with LaFonso Ellis, I love the way Jim Laranega is coaching Miami. They play super hard. They got Wong as a score. He had 27 in his last game. I got Houston mm-hmm. winning it all because they're playing that in Houston, but that's a tough test. That is not an easy game for Houston, and that's just to get to the next game to get to the final four here. Just handicap quickly what you think of that Miami-Houston game. I think that's going to be the best game, really, uh, of the mm. day because you you mentioned that uh, those two teams are very similar, so you have the 11th most efficient offensive team in the country in Miami playing against the fourth most efficient defensive team in in, in Houston. (laughs) And so you have Marcus Sasser for Houston, who's the best two-way guard in all of college basketball, uh, going against Isaiah Wong, a dude who's developed his three-point shot, but he's really good in the mid-range, can get to the basket, finish with either hand uh, around the rim and an excellent passer. I think it's going to come down to which team can control the offensive glass. Houston's one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country, and so they have a slight edge there, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if Miami pulled it off because they have four guys at the one, two, three, and four spot who can create all who can create offense for themselves and their teammates. So I think that's going to be the most exciting game to watch of the day. Thank you so much, Alfonso. Appreciate you moving around with us. Thanks for coming on, and uh, enjoy the rest of the tournament. You have a great broadcasting career going. Keep it up. Thanks for doing this. Thank you so much for the compliment, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, LaFonso Ellis. That was a hell of a player. That's a hell of a ball player to get right before the tournament here for the Sweet 16. That was brought to you by Remy Martin. What They got a great drink set up in a booth right outside Beer House, right at T-Mobile. If you're looking for some drink specials, the Sweet Dreams Lemonade, the Botanist Gin, and Fever Tree Sparkling Sicilian Lemonade. Oh, my God, that sounds amazing. The Double Dribble Gin and Tonic, the Botanist Gin, and Fever Tree Mediterranean Tonic Water. Man, Remy Martin takes care of us, man. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. And there's no doubt you're going to see some excellent basketball at T-Mobile. Everybody who puts that event together tonight, this will be done at the grand stage of T-Mobile. Where the hockey team plays, there's been a lot of contests. You could look over at Allegiant Stadium. Man, I was at the Palms last night looking back at the city. It looked amazing here, knowing how many people are in town. Got a couple of sound bites I want to play before we get out of here. Kevin Durant's got rabbit ears, man. He's not playing. He's injured. He got himself injured warming up. Charles Barkley's taking some shots at him. Listen to the last remark from Kevin Durant, who we should be concentrating on his rehab. Here's KD. I wouldn't call it beef. I just think he's just mad opinionated, and he feels as though like that's his job to be mad opinionated in a negative way against players. Like I feel like he feels that the job requires him to you know, nitpick and look at just the negative in the players. I'm not saying you should only talk about the positive either, but like when you clearly show bias that you don't, you're trying to take away from what these players have done, then it's look, it just looked corny on his part. Wow, KD going after Sir Charles. Uh, Charles has been hard on Durant. And look, Durant's won two finals MVPs and got two rings. Barkley's never won a ring. Barkley was a dream teamer on one of the greatest teams of all time. Dream teamer. 
So he has the right to criticize, and he's the best analyst, one of them in all of sports, let alone the NBA. Hey, John Morant came back, and everybody was hard on John Morant. He had a gun in a strip club, nightclub, that he flashed on Instagram Live and was suspended for eight games after he took time off before that. Well, he made his return last night, and he looked like the great jaw of old. 4-13 remaining in the ballgame. Morant at the top, crosses over into the paint. He's got a lane, gets to the window, lays it up and in. He crossed over the defender, got to the right side, got the step and laid it home. Shingun was late. Uh, Grizzlies radio on the call. I tell you, that's a really good team. And when they don't have them, for whatever reason, they seem to be playing at a very high level. When they do have Ja, you know, they're going to be loaded for years to come. They just got a little bit of an attitude. And what a wild play happened in the Dallas Warrior game where there was a ball, contested ball that went under, out of bounds underneath the basket where the Warriors were shooting at. Dallas thought it was their ball, so they went all the way down to the other end of the court. And Steve Kerr was in shock, so was Jason Kidd. The referees gave the ball to the Warriors. They just inbounded it and made a layup as everybody else was down at the other end. That was a big play in the game. The referees did a terrible job, and the Warriors ended up coming through. This is a big win for the Warriors because they're fighting for their lives, and they win this game by two. After that shot, the Warriors win the season series two games to one and win the game 127 to 125. That was a wild play what happened there. What a blunder. And Mark Cuban and Luka Doncic even made the money money sign with his fingers to the referees. That was a bad look for Luka. Because one thing that the league doesn't want to hear is players calling the referees on the side of cheating or looking like they're in it for the money there. That was a big, big story. I only had a minute to get to here. And then finally, as we wrap this up, quickly I want to just talk about one other big issue here, the Lakers. Lakers don't have LeBron James. They're fighting for their lives. They're trying to get into the play-in tournament. They won a crucial game last night that they had to have. The uh, growth that he has had over the last few years. Oh, he's the game's leading scorer until that basket. And Austin really now was, he and Austin are tied with 15 apiece. Doing his thing. I can't believe that Austin Reeves is that big of a stud and he's really carrying that team now, which they need desperately to get it done. And before I thank Bobby for putting the show together, looks like Ezekiel Elliott has said that he's eyeing the Eagles, the Jets, and the Bengals. So the Eagles, Jets, and the Bengals for Zeke Elliott. And I'll tell you one thing, he, he can play. Zeke's put up some big numbers in this league. Say what you will about him. His production has always been strong. He could be the difference. I mean, the Eagles lost a lot of players. They need to reload. The Bengals went to a Super Bowl and back-to-back AFC championship games. If he went there, I always think that Joe Mixon is a little bit out there. Maybe they want a two-headed monster there. Or what about the Jets? What about if Ezekiel Elliott says, I want to play with Aaron Rodgers? That team's loaded, but they got a young running back coming back from injury. So Zeke would have to be the second option with the Jets. You know, the running back position is unique now. I grew up with Earl Campbell, Tony Dorsett, you know, the great running backs, even Franco Harris, who I consider a friend. All the great running backs to ever play. Now, if you got a franchise tag, you got to be pretty happy. Franchise tags, $10.1 million. That's pretty good. They're not giving away $30, $40, $50 million deals anymore to running backs. You're going to be playing on one-year deals. I think they're working on Josh Jacobs, who clearly deserves a contract if he can get it. Don't know what the Raiders are going to do with that, but they tagged him and seem to be working on a long-term plan for him. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. Really appreciate it. Long day today. Thanks to Kim Wagner from News 3, LaFonso Ellis, Lee Sterling, who was great. 
And Mike Davis, the head coach of our indoor league football team, the Nighthawks. I'm out of here. I'm ready for some sweet 16. I'll be back tomorrow on the flagship of the Raiders.